Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. We're in the Christmas season. Anybody just love Christmas? I love Christmas and you know, the Christmas season, it's a season of lights, it's a season of gift giving, but it's also the season of Christmas movies. And, um, and, and I love some Christmas movie. Anybody love Christmas movies? And, and uh, my favorite Christmas movie of all time is Elf. Anybody just love Elf? Come on. Anybody, you just hate that movie? Come on, be honest. It's all right. You can disagree with the pastor, a few of you. Um, that's okay, and, and probably you're more, one of my other uh, favorite affectionate Christmas type where, you know, it's something like, you know, a Christmas story, but one of my other uh, favorite Christmas movies is this movie called It's a Wonderful Life. Anybody ever seen that? And, and uh, It's a Wonderful Life talks about a man who, who's really um, not feeling Christmas, you know, he's not in the vibe of Christmas, and so heaven sends an angel down to this man to try to get him into the Christmas spirit. But this angel's not having any luck. He can't, he can't cheer this guy up and get him, you know, stoked about Christmas. And so he goes back up to heaven and he's talking to the chief angel. And the chief angel says, what's wrong with this guy? Why can't you cheer him up? Why can't you teach him the meaning of Christmas? And, and the angel says, I, I don't understand. I don't know. And so the chief angel says, well, is he sick? And the angel that's assigned to this man says, no, it's, it's much worse than that. And the chief angel says, well, what can be worse than him being sick? And he said, he's discouraged. And, and I, I saw that movie recently. And when I heard that line about him being discouraged, I, I thought for a moment, I wonder how many people would come to Brave Church this weekend. And we've got the lights on and we've got the trees lit and we got the dance going and we got the Christmas song, Joy to the World. And, and I wonder how many people in our city, it's Christmas, but they find that they're not even sick in their body, but they're sick in their heart. I, I think that one of the worst things that can happen to someone is not even that they're sick physically, but they're sick in their soul. They're sick in their heart. They, they're, they're filled with this word called discouragement. They're discouraged. Have you ever been discouraged before? I mean, has there ever been a time where you've been discouraged? Come on, let me see your hand. Anybody in this room today? Is there any, anyone here that there was a time where you felt hopeless about something? My hand is up. And all of us have, if we're honest, have, have gone through seasons of discouragement. We've gone through seasons where we haven't been feeling it. And, and tonight I want to talk to you. And, and let me just say this, because this message is for everyone. Even if you're here tonight, and you're like, well, Pastor David, I'm doing good. I'm not discouraged. I'm happy. I'm filled with joy. Well, bless God. Thank God, man, we want you to be there. But this message is for you too. You know, well, couldn't you just be a little bit more positive? Well, I'm positive you're going to need this message one day. Come on. Because the reality of it is, is that all of us at some point in time in our life, we will face discouragement. So I believe tonight that my mission, my mission for you and my message for you tonight is, is to help you understand that we as believers in Jesus Christ, we have a weapon when it comes to discouragement, there is something that something that is greater than what the world can give us. There is something that 
God can give you tonight that you can hold on to, that no matter what's happening in your life, no matter how you feel right now, there's something you can hold on to, and that thing is called hope. Come on, somebody say hope. Come on, say it again. Say hope. You see, you need hope. You say, well, Pastor David, what is hope? Let me give you the definition of hope. Hope is the ability to have confidence in your future and to hold on to something solid right now. It's the ability to have confidence in your future by holding on to something right now. You see, Hebrews chapter 6 verse 19 says this. We have this hope. And this hope that we can have, it's an anchor. It's an anchor for our soul. Come on, are you with me tonight? It's firm and it's secure. You see, one of the ways that you can fight discouragement is you've got to be anchored to something. We live in a world, we live in a culture where everything is shifting. Even the definition of what is truth, what is right, and what is wrong. We live in a culture that what's right we call wrong, and what's wrong we call right. And everything is shifting, and values are shifting, and morals are shifting. And if you're not careful, you will shift with the culture. Come on, am I talking to somebody? That what you're, watch, you're watching what's happening in culture, and emphatically you feel like it's wrong, and morally you feel like it's wrong, but everyone in culture says it's right. Everyone else is accepting of it. And if you're not careful, if you're standing on ground that is shifting, you will shift with the ground. You will shift when your company is talking about downsizing. You will shift when things aren't looking so well. You'll shift when you get a doctor's report. You'll shift when relational struggles come. And if you're not careful, if you base your happiness and joy based on the ground you're standing on tonight, things shift and you'll shift as well. But if you can learn to drop an anchor... If you can learn to say, I don't care where the tide is going, I've dropped an anchor and I'm planted, I'm rooted, I'm not going to shift, I'm not going to sway. And scripture says this, that hope is that anchor. How do I keep my life? How do I keep my emotions from being up one day and down one day and up one day and going with the waves and just going every which way and one day I feel good and one day I feel bad? You've got to have this word called hope because hope is something that can anchor you. Scripture says this, that hope is firm and secure and it enters into the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. You know what that's ultimately saying? Behind the curtain means that behind our Sunday morning fake smiles... Behind that Monday morning, you walk into work. Hey, how's everybody doing? Everyone's like, hey, how was your weekend? Oh, it was great. It was awesome. But behind the curtain of your smile is the real pain in your life. But scripture says this, that there is something that can go beyond the surface. It can get to your heart. It can get to your soul. God has something so powerful that it can penetrate no matter what you're facing, no matter what you struggle with. And it's a simple little word called hope you see hope is so powerful but where do we get hope well i'm glad you asked because scripture says this in romans chapter 15 verse 13 may god who is the source of hope well pastor i thought my hope was in my financial situation no i hope not (laughs) i thought my hope was in my current relationship status on facebook I hope not. 
Scripture, the storms may anchor. Come on, I'm talking about, man, the winds may blow. And the storms may, man, just come at you and the waves may crash. If you want to live an empire kind of life where you're like, I'm standing, baby, and I ain't going nowhere. I am anchored to this thing called hope. Scripture says this, that your source of hope better be filled with joy and peace through your faith in him, which is God. And then you will overflow. Come on, how many of you know overflow is such a good word? Overflow, a hot chocolate when you're eating a sundae. Come on. Overflow. You will overflow with this word called hope. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, this, this one verse right here is revolutionary for so many of us because we, the reason why many of us have lost hope and we're discouraged is because we've put our hope in the wrong places. Right? I mean, can we be honest for a moment? Like we, we put our hope in things and we put our hope in people and even the best of people cannot, cannot bring you hope. And so what happens is that we, we put our hope in things, we put our hope in a system, but when that system collapses, then where is our hope? But the beautiful thing about God, and here's what you need to understand, you and I as Christ followers, we have an option to where we can put our hope in something that is built to last. That is built to weather the storms of this life. I'm talking about not just starting this thing well. I'm talking about ending it well. I'm talking about you leaving a legacy. You living a legacy. I'm talking about when you put your hope in God. God says this. It's you and me and we're going the distance. So how do I hold on to hope? Really, what... what like, what, what does this look like to hold on to hope? Because how many of you know sometimes it's hard to be hope-filled? It's hard, hard to be hope-filled when there's problems going on around you. Can we be real? Like, like it's hard to be filled. Pastor David, that's awesome. That's good for you. I mean, easy for you while you're up there on the stage, but you don't know what I'm, gotta, I'm going through tomorrow. I want to show you a video of how you can hold on to hope even when your life is depending on it. Check this video out. Talk about hanging on for dear life. Three, two, one, go. Run, 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 run. The guy in the plaid shirt and white helmet realized a second after takeoff from a 4,000-foot mountaintop that he was not attached to the hang glider. The pilot apparently forgot to hook him up. The tourist from Florida hangs on to the bar with one hand and the pilot with his other hand. The pilot does his best to steer with one arm while grasping onto his passenger with the other. I was just trying to stay calm, just trying to hold on for dear life. The danger was real. Imagine falling from this height. I looked down once and I thought to myself, this is it, I'm gonna fall to my death. I'm, I'm, go I'm a goner. Both men are struggling. The tourist, Chris Gursky, goes from clinging to the pilot around his shoulders to barely hanging on to his leg. I didn't have much grip left to me at all. My hand was opening, I was slipping, I had his pant leg, that was about it. After two minutes and 14 seconds, they got close enough to earth that Gursky let go. He hit the ground hard and broke his wrist. He also tore his bicep from holding on with such a tight grip for all that time. An eternity when you think you're going to plummet to your death. The auto parts manager is now back home near Tampa, but he will never forget that terrifying ride. Um, 
How many of you know somebody's getting a refund on that one right there? <laughs> Just watching that 4,000 feet in the air. Did you notice how he was holding on to this guy? I mean, he was holding on so tight he tore a bicep. That's the kind of hope I'm telling you to hold on to today. That's the kind of God I'm telling you that you can hold on to. And I'm encouraging you, and tonight I want to challenge you to take this message and hold on to hope so tight. It's like your life depended on it. Because the reality of it is, many of you, your life does depend on it. Your marriage depends on it. Your future depends, your kids depend on it. Your mental stability depends on it. Come on, you've got to learn to hold on to hope. It doesn't matter, it's unexpected. I didn't know why this happened, but God, I'm going to hold on to you and I'm not letting go no matter what. It's amazing because, man, if we could just learn to hold on to God, to God like that. Because what's crazy is I see people as a pastor, like, they hold on to God like that for a season. But then things get tough, and just when they should hold on to Titus, they let go. I mean, imagine this guy. He, he holds on to the instructor, but he's like, you know what? This is a tough thing to hold on at 4,000 feet. I'm just going to let go. Okay, buddy. And many of us, we do that same thing with God, man. When we first come to church, whatever, man, I'm holding on to God. God is so good. I get the goosebumps in church. Woo, man, it's so great. It's so awesome. And then the first bad thing that happens in your life, God, what happened, man? I thought you loved me. I went through brave life. Like, how can you do this? And essentially what we have just done is we've let go of our grip on God. But the way that you make it to the ground safely when you're going through a storm is that you resolve in your heart. I don't like this situation. It is pretty scary up here. But God, I'm going to hold on to you. So how do I hold on to hope, Pastor David? How do I, how do I have hope? Um, I'm glad you asked. I'm going to give you five things. Whoa, five things? How long are we going to be here? Only 90 more minutes. Come on, get comfortable. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Five words that will give you hope, right? Number one, write this down in your notes. Come on, write this down. Write this. You're going to need this. You're going to need this. You may not need this right now, but you may need it next week. Come on. Number one is this. How do you hold on to hope? You have to understand that you need God's presence. Presence. Somebody say presence. Let me help you understand something. The presence of God is greater than God answering your prayers. I would rather know that God is with me than that God would answer my prayers. Like God wants to answer your prayers, but listen to me. As your pastor, I want you to know, if it came between God answering my prayers and knowing that God was with me, I will take knowing that God is with me. Here's the reason why. Many times we view God as like this Coke machine in the sky. And we put in our prayer and then we push the button and expect God just to deliver. And we could care less about the presence. All we want are the presents. <laughs> That's tweetable right there. That's fresh. Mimi, write that down. Write that down. But, but think about it for a minute. How often is it like, come on, I've been there before. Where It's like, God... Would you answer this prayer? And when you feel like God answers your prayer or God's hearing you, 
Man, you feel good with God, but we could care less that God's with us. I just want you to give to me, God. I don't care that you're with me. I mean, imagine, imagine if we were like that in relationship with each other, where I really don't care about you. I just want what you have for me. You see, I've learned that if you have God's presence, it's the most valuable thing you can have from God. Because if you have God's presence, then you understand that it doesn't matter what I go through. I know that my God is with me. It doesn't matter if I'm on a mountaintop. My God is with me. If I'm like the psalmist who says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me it's your presence that will sustain me it is your presence that will get me through i don't even care what you can give me god all i want is you i've not even come here to ask anything from you god i just want you the true sign of maturity is when we say god if you don't do anything else for me you've already done more than enough i just want you i just want your presence i just want to know that you're with me because god i love abraham in the bible in moses if you look at both of these men god was telling them i'm going to take you somewhere i'm going to do something great with you abraham he says i'm going to make you so rich and so numerous that you won't even be able to count your legacy in the stars moses he says i'm going to take you from the wilderness and bring you to the promised land and both of those men said the promise looks good but the presence is even better we're not going anywhere without your presence What would happen tonight if you made up your mind, God, I'm not going to start this business unless you bless it. I'm not going to get married to this person unless you bless it. I'm not going to date this person unless you bless it. I'm not going to buy this car unless you bless it. I'm not going to start this unless I'm not going anywhere. Man, I'm just telling you, we've determined as a church when we were looking at Kindle to launch that location, man, God, I, man, it looks great. This would be a great place. But God, we're not going to Kindle unless you go with us. We're not going to Brickle unless you go with us. Because I have learned something, y'all, is that if you can get the presence of God in your life, you are unstoppable. We feel like we need more things to conquer. We need more stuff to be successful. Can I just tell you, I love education. I study business. I get it. I I go to school, finish high school, do all of that stuff. But let me tell you something. The greatest thing you can have in your life is the presence of God. The presence of God can open up doors that you can never open. The presence of God can put you in situations where you're sitting with people that are far above your pay grade and they're looking at you for the answer and you're sitting there saying, how am I even here at this table? Because the presence of God opened the door for you at that table. You see, it's the presence of God that will help you be the one in your family who gets through. It is the presence of God that will help you be an overcomer. It is the presence, oh, I wish somebody would preach back, that will help you get that breakthrough. It's the presence of God. It's the presence of God. I'm here to tell the 6 o'clock fire service, all you need tonight is the presence of God. It's how we hold on to hope, y'all. Some of you have walked through doors that you thought was a blessing, but it's not because God didn't go with you through that door. 
God is so good. He's opening up doors. And God's like, I ain't with you. That's not where I wanted. That's where you wanted to go. And we have to be careful what we call an open door for God. Because I hear people say it all the time. Because you and I both know this. We are very stubborn. Come on, turn to somebody and say, he's talking to you right now. Come on, don't get mad at the person who just told you that. They're just... Some of you are scared to tell the person next to you. They're like, oh no, I told them that one time, man. Pastor, no way. Ain't going down that road. You ain't going home with this woman. I am. I get it. (laughs) Or man. (laughs) Or man. (laughs) But we're stubborn. And and here's what I know. God will try to shut a door to protect you. But we are so persistent. And what we do, God is shutting that door. You're like, open the door. Pastor, will you pray that God will open that door? I saw what you did for the dolphins today. Come on. And God's like, if you keep knocking long enough, I'm going to let that door open. And you can walk through that door. But I'm not going with you because that door is not me. That's why Brave Life is so important. We teach people to hear the voice of God. And I'm not just talking about like an audible voice. Because if all of you are like, I hear an audible voice. Come on, that's weird. (laughs) But God speaks to the soul. He leads us. He leads his people. But you have to understand, it's his presence. It's when you get into his presence. That is why, man, I crave the presence. I will be in my car and frustrated or discouraged. And man, I will do whatever it takes to be, invite the presence of God. I'll turn the radio off. I'll turn my Andy Minio off. Come on, I'm, Andy's great. I love Andy Minio. But I'll turn it off and I will put on some worship music that's glorifying God in a different way, in a worshipful way. Nothing wrong with Andy Minio. Come on. But I will put on some worship that, man ushers and invites the presence of God in my Ford Explorer with 150,000 miles on it. (laughs) But the AC works. Come on, somebody. (laughs) And I will be in an atmosphere where the presence of God, you have to understand, you you better, you, you need to know this about me, is that we don't lead this church unless we know the presence of God is with us. Because where I'm leading, your chances are you're going to. That's why it is so important that we understand that the way you lead your life, you're leading other people right there with you. Well, I think God just opened this door for me to move to somewhere and take this job. Well, your whole family's going with you. I hope you really heard from God. See, it's the presence of God. Turn to somebody and say the presence. The presence of God is where we get our hope. You see, Psalm 62.5 says this. My soul finds rest. In God. And my hope, it comes from Him. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. And I love this, this picture He gives us. He says this, they will soar on the wings like eagles. Not all birds are created equal. All birds fly, but not all birds soar. Some birds flap. Other birds soar. I love the I love the eagle because you know ducks. Man, they flap. They work hard. Oh, I gotta say, I gotta, I gotta. Someone took a video of me and tagged me on Instagram, and I told him, "Take that video down in Jesus' name." 
I literally sent them that in the inbox. He said, take that video down in Jesus' name. And they said, Pastor, are you serious? I'm like, serious as a heart attack. Take it down, you know? And they're flapping. And the eagle's just up there. I'm an eagle, y'all. I'm up here just bad to the bone. You know how eagles soar? They stand on the edge of a cliff. And they open up their big wings. And as they're standing there, they wait for this phenomenon called a thermal current. And they'll, my, 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 my. That's how we get sometimes. My, 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 my. God, I don't want to wait for you. I want it now. God, I don't want to wait for you, but I want it now. My, my, my. Okay, if you live that way, here's how you're going to live your life. And this is how some of you look. I've got 10 Christmas parties I got to go to. I got a to-do list. The kids are going crazy. My husband's going crazy. My wife's going crazy. I don't know what I'm going to do. I got to clean the house. I got to do the dishes. And you're just, ah. Now, that may look ridiculous. Now, actually, it does look ridiculous. That's how many of us are living our lives. You're stressed out. Got too much to do. Got deadlines at work. It's finals at school. I don't know. I got this big dream. I got to. And you're just flapping and flapping. Meanwhile, the eagle's just like. Just waiting. Waiting for the thermal current. And when that thermal current. It's a phenomenon. It's hot air that's pushed up. All of a sudden. All that eagle does is wait for that hot air. That thermal current. To touch its wings. And it lifts that eagle. And it just soars. That's how God wants you to live your life. Now, soaring does not mean you be lazy. It doesn't mean that you just say, I'm just going to wait on God. <laughs> no, go get you a job while, while, while you're waiting on God. Like, make up your bed this morning while you're waiting. On, but, but what I'm saying is this, is that God doesn't want you to live your life stressed out to the max. He doesn't want you living your life like just always freaking out all the time. No, no, no. God has created you to soar. He's created you to wait for his spirit. He's created you to wait for his presence. And if you will wait for his presence, all of a sudden you're going to be able to soar and say, man, I could not have reached these heights without God. Number two, come on, you ready for number two? I can preach on that for a little bit longer, but let's go. Here's number two. Not only God's presence, but you need to have God's promise. God's promise in order to hold on to hope. In other words, here's what I'm saying. When you don't have the energy to talk to God, just let God talk to you. Pastor David, how does God talk to me? In his word. If you don't have one of these, we want to give you one for free tonight in the lobby. You see, God's word is something that always reminds me of God's promise to me. Anybody ever been filled with insecurity? But then I pick up God's word and I find out that if God goes for me, who can be against me? I find out that he doesn't call the equipped, but he equips those who are called. 
I find out so many promises when I get into God's word. When I've been discouraged before, it's crazy. I will open up God's word and I'll just open up to a chapter. I'll open up and man, the verse that is right there is speaking directly to me. And I'll turn over to Proverbs and I read a Proverbs a day. I want to encourage you. If you don't know where to start reading your Bible, start with the book of Proverbs. There's 30 chapters in the book of Proverbs. All you got to do is pick the day and the chapter and align them. So today is December what? Nine. So guess what chapter in Proverbs I read today? Nine. It's rocket science, isn't it? But it's amazing how when you just read God's word, how God's word will speak to you. How God's word will encourage you. At just the right time, God will help you to read his word. And when you're reading his word, what you're reading is his promise to you. You're reading that he's going to keep you. You're reading that he's going to provide for you. You're reading that he's going to protect you. You're reading that he is for you. You're reading that he loves you. Somebody ought to get excited in this house tonight for the promise of our God. You see, you're never more thankful for the promise than when you needed a promise. Is there anybody in this room tonight that you said, man, I need the promise of God in my life? Give him a shout of praise. See, the promise of God, Psalm 119 says this, my soul faints. Wow. Discouraged. I've been looking for your salvation, God. But in the meantime, I put my hope in your word. Here's number three. You ready? God's presence. God's promise. God's process. You ain't going to like this one. You're saying it's good now, but you're not going to like it. I promise you. (laughs) You're not going to like it. Some of us have forgotten that God is at work even in the middle of our pain. Because all of us have gone through pain. All of us have great loss in our life and then wondered and asked God why. But what nobody told you is that God never wastes pain all the pain that you've endured in your life God did not bring you to that pain but God will definitely use your pain so the seasons when you've been waiting I felt like God wasn't answering The pain that you've endured because of your own decisions or because of decisions of somebody else or something that just unexpectedly happened to you. You have to understand something tonight that God never wastes heartbreak. All the pain that you could ever categorize and summarize and put into your life and say, my pain was this and that and that. You have to understand that all of the pain you've ever endured in your life, God puts into a system called his process. And it's so important that you hear this because sometimes we think that God only uses us when we're doing good. 
man, I'm on the move with God. Man, me and God are vibing, man. We're good. But perhaps no one's ever told you before that God doesn't just work things out on you when things are going good, but instead he's realized that he has our utmost attention when we're going through painful situations. Because when everything is growing in our life up and to the right, we almost have an attitude that we don't need God. So God doesn't bring the pain. I can't get there and teach you with theology that that's the truth. But I can teach you and show you all throughout Scripture that God will allow pain in your life. And the reason why He will allow it is because many times it's in the middle of pain that we will put our focus on God and say, God, I need your help. God, I need you. And when we have God as our undivided attention, God says, now I can work something out in your life. But it's going to be a process. But we don't like a process. We are a drive through culture. We want it right now. We don't want to take the time to have a healthy relationship. We want to go through a drive through We don't want to have to wait for our food. We want to go through a drive through At McDonald's, come on. We want to order a, what do they have there? Big Mac. Man, if it is like 30 seconds longer than what I expected, I'm going to complain to the manager. You know why? Because we don't like a process. And we are the same way with God. We come to church and watch. Man, there's this excitement. There's this zeal. And brave life is on fire. But you have to understand that God is in the fire, but he is also in the valley. And there is a process that he wants to take you through. And you have to understand his process. And so I want to show you how you can hold on to hope. Because some of you are in the process of pain. And you've been wondering, God, where are you at? God, I can't believe you. God, I can't believe this is happening in my life. But you didn't even understand that you are in the middle of the process. You're in the middle of the season. But if you just keep holding on, you're almost through with the painful season. You're about to break through to a new dawn. There's a new day. So what do I do in the pain? Keep holding on. What do I do in the pain? Keep persevering. What do I do in the pain? Don't you dare even think about giving up. Don't you even dare think about walking out. How do you? Number three, it says this. Show me in God's word. Good, I will. Romans chapter five says this. In verse number three, it says this. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Wow. So God doesn't bring the suffering God will bring glory to my life in the suffering. It's this verse that makes me think, how do people who don't know God get through? Because people who don't know God, their pain is wasted. Your co-workers at work, they don't understand why they're going through and their pain is wasted and their pain turns to bitterness. Come on, you know that's true. Some of you have family members that they've endured some pain and now they're bitter because they did not have a process to put their pain. Man, this is deep. I don't even know how we got here tonight. I haven't preached, I've preached this message all day, but I haven't been preaching this message all day. Does that make sense? There is a system called a process and look what it goes on to say. Oh, you're going to glory in your suffering. That thing that you thought that you lost, God's going to bring it around for your gain. 
that thing that you thought was a deficit, God's like, no, no, no. I'm just setting you up for a prophet. Look what he goes on to say. Because we know, not hope, not wish, not possibly, because we know that all of your suffering, it produces this thing called perseverance. How do I live my life where I don't, I don't give up? Oh, you've got to embrace the pain. You know what we do? We run from the pain. So when we're, when we're between boo things, right? Relationships. And now you feel lonely. Instead of bracing the pain of the loneliness and saying, God, in the season of loneliness, I'm not going to go settle for somebody else. But I'm going to trust you and I'm going to lean into you. Come on, I'm talking to you single people for a minute. Listen, I'm trying to break some bad dating habits off of our house. Come on. That instead of just going to the next thing, because I don't want to, I don't want to endure the pain of staying home alone on a Friday night. Well, first of all, that's because you haven't joined a dinner party and you should join a dinner party. And that's a, that'll take care of that problem, you know. But in the pain of waiting God's working something out in you called perseverance and if you will learn to persevere I'm not going to give up I'm not going to settle I'm not going to let go I'm not going to quit perseverance develops this thing called character man and if you hold on a little bit longer character produces this thing called how do I hold on to hope the thing that's discouraging you is actually preparing you welcome to school because God is teaching you things in this season right now but in the world's eye you're losing but in God's economy you're actually winning Pastor David but other people look like they're advancing in front of me it looks like they're they're moving farther in front of me and I'm here serving God and I'm not advancing as far as they are in fact I feel like I'm taking steps backward while people who don't even love God are taking steps forward have you ever felt like that before here's the reason why with God our purpose is many times like a slingshot where he will take your life and he will pull you back But the further he lets you pull you back, the further he can launch you, the faster he can launch you. And so you have to understand this pain. Oh, I'm thankful for it because it's stretching me. It's pulling me back so that God, I wish somebody would give God a shout of praise like you believe it tonight. God's preparing you. He's purposed you. He's created you. Your best days are in front of you. Somebody stand up and give God a shout of praise right now. Come on. Come on, I believe that there's breakthrough in your praise. Come on, would you lift them up tonight? Yeah. number four stay standing stay standing we're going to close how do we hold on to hope 
by understanding God's purpose. My job as your pastor is not to help you fight your problems. My job is to help you discover your purpose. Because if I put out one problem, ten more are going to spring up. But if I can help you determine your purpose, if you can leave here tonight saying, I know how I can determine my purpose. I know how I can discover my purpose. Your problems may still be there, but your purpose is bigger. That's why we have Begin. You need to sign up for Begin. We start again next week. You can sign up for Begin. Begin to discover your purpose. Brave Life. Sign up for Brave Life. Next semester, discover your purpose. My favorite verse in all of scripture is Jeremiah 29 11. And it says this, for I know the plans I have for you. The purpose I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster. They are to give you a future and a hope. My last P for you tonight is this. How do you hold on to hope? You got to go all in with God's place. Where's that? Look around. Welcome to the Brave Church. So let me break this down in 30 seconds. The church, contrary to how many of us, including myself, at times in Miami were raised that the church is just an organization. It's just a place that you go to. It's a place that you pray. Let someone pray for you. It's a place you just go to confess. It's just a place that you go to do whatever. That's not the church that Jesus established. The church is not a transaction. Church is not, what can they do for me? If that's your viewpoint of the church or brave church, you've bought into religion, not the church. Yes, as you come here, you're going to be blessed. As you come here, we say this at Brave Church, give Brave Church a year where you go all in. So Brave Life, go all in with Brave Life. Begin, go with begin. There's a mission trip, try to get on one. Go Love Week, be a part of Love Week. Serve team, okay, I'll be, go all in for a year and watch your life completely change. I could share so many stories up here. We could show five every week for the next 10 years and we still won't get through them all. So yes, your life's going to be blessed, but that's not what church is just about. This is a family. That's what church is. It's a family. We're, we're come together. That's why we do dinner parties, because we take a big church, and we break it down into smaller groups. We get to know each other. This is the church. Listen, how you hold on to hope is that you, you go all in with this community of faith. Because you may be at a dinner party and you're discouraged and someone's going to look at you and say, I went through that same exact thing. Oh, you're going through divorce. I went through that. Oh, you're going through go last week, five years ago. Let me just pray with you. Oh, you're going through divorce. I went through that. Oh, you're going through a broken heart. I went through that. Let me just pray with you. Let's exchange phone numbers and encourage each other throughout the week. Hey, man, you're doing great. You got a bonus. Oh, you're, you're in finance. I am too, man. Let's swap cards. Maybe we do business together. I mean, that is the community that we're talking about. Church is a family. That's why I could never understand how some people can just go to one church this week and another church another week and another church. You're just an orphan. So this is where I'm going to invest my time and my money and my resources and my prayers and from this house. And the good thing is that Brave Church is not a church where we just want to build a club. We are a movement that wants to take this city. You're a part of something powerful here tonight. You're a part of something that, listen... We need you. You need us. 
Church is a transaction if you just come on a Sunday. And if that's you, good. I'm glad you're here until you take a baby step further. But some of us, man, have been baby stepping for five, ten years. Man, it is time to put a ring on this thing. <laughs> Marry this church. Marry that girl. I'm just kidding. Wrong time. Wrong placement. Even when I wasn't a pastor, because you can be like, well, of course you're going to say that. You're a pastor. No, no, no. Christine and I, we were in business before and did very, very, very well. In fact, didn't even want to leave that to come to ministry because I'm stubborn. But it's amazing how the best things in my life have happened at church. I got saved in church. God took an angry, bitter, broken, addicted young man. I was on South Beach. Crazy. He saved me. Got my calling in church. Discovered my purpose of why I'm alive in church. Had my kids in church. Met my wife in church. I've seen thousands of people's lives change here in this. The best things, the highlights in my life are at this church. The things that I'll go home and talk about today are not even the Miami Dolphins. Even though that's so great. But that's not even the highlight of my day. The highlight of my day is talking to countless people here today who have said because of Brave Life and Brave Church, I'm no longer addicted to drugs. I'm no longer addicted to what we were going to quit on our marriage. But now we we're, we were more in love than ever before. And, and I didn't have hope. I didn't have peace. But now I do. Those are the things we celebrate because there is hope in this house. There is peace in this house. There is joy in this house. So go all in. Go all in to this place. What's God, what God will do in your life. Come on, would you pray with me? Jesus, I thank you for my friends here today. God, I thank you that I believe that you've spoken to us through your word. And I pray, God, that this would resonate in our hearts beyond tonight. But that we'd leave here changed forever. Let me ask this question real quick and then we're going to close. If you're here and you say, Pastor David, would you pray for me? I've lost hope. And I need the hope of God to fill my heart. Maybe you're here and you say, man, I've gone through pain in my life. And I want to hold on to the hope that there's hope in the process that God's working all things together for my good. What the enemy meant to destroy, God says, I will take it and turn it and use it to bless you. Maybe you're here and you say, I just needed to be reminded of God's promise. Pastor David, I just want more of God's presence in my life. If that's you here tonight and you say, Pastor, would you pray this hope over my life? On the count of three, I want you to lift your hands and put it right back down. One, two, three. Come on, lift your hands. Yeah. Hold on to hope. Hold on to hope. Jesus, I thank you so much. And Lord, we thank you so much, God, that our hope is an anchor. It holds firm, God. No matter what happens, no matter what's going on, we can have our hope in you. So Lord, I pray, God, that you would just break hope open over us, God. That, God, we would choose your process. We would choose your presence. We would choose your power. We would choose your place. And God, we thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Come on, let's give God a shout of praise. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.